Welcome to the Be Kind Podcast. We're part of the Animal Advocates of South Central PA's mission to spread compassion for animals in a peaceful and respectful way. This is Joe Kirkner, their Director of Operations, here with John Beck again, Director of Media, and Dieter, who is the Secretary, correct? Correct. Yep, Secretary. Here to talk about all things vegan and see what's been going on. So we're going to start off by talking about how we've been veganing out over the past week. I think it's always cool to share how we've been vegan and not necessarily with food. So I don't like to talk about what we eat because then I would have nothing to talk about because I eat really boring stuff. But I got a book on fish and what fish feel and think. And lo and behold, fish are crazy and we totally don't understand them at all. But also reminds me of another book I read once about this lady who was super into octopuses, octopi. Like, really into them. It really creeped me out. So, it's kind of flashbacks from that, too. Was that the Jonathan Balcom, What a Fish Knows? Yes. Yeah, that's a great book, yeah. Yeah, so far, so good. But the octopus one, not so great. I would not (laughs) read that one unless you have a strange fixation with octopuses. And then there's websites for that. Well, they're scary smart, too. They're very smart. Like, they can open doors and, like... (laughs) do play games and stuff like that and do all kinds of crazy I saw a movie or things. documentary once that said once the human race leaves planet earth that it's going to be taken over by super intelligent octopuses that'll swing from trees <laughs> sounds fun <laughs> right kind of sad i'm gonna miss that <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not gonna have nightmares about that tonight or anything <laughs> so john how have you been veganing out uh, well i've been uh walking the dogs a lot <laughs> uh cooking a lot of food um next week i plan to make pennsylvania dutch pot pie yeah it's it's been pretty boring <laughs> not a whole lot going on i've been playing dr mario a lot for regular nintendo nes uh yeah it's been boring <laughs> all right Dieter, you're up uh i've been working so Aside from not having to drive to Camp Hill and back every day, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, saving money on gas and food, uh, but yeah, not a not a huge disruption for me. And I wasn't going to talk about companion animals, but my cat just jumped up on Dieter's lap. So, Dieter, what do you think about cats and Victor? Victor's my black cat. He's very soft and very cuddly. Uh, what do I think about cats and my cat specifically? Uh. Yeah, I guess uh, people keep cats. It's always kind of a sticky subject because it's much harder for cats to be uh, vegan or vegetarian than than it is for dogs, and that's a, a huge point of contention. Because uh, from what I've what I've heard uh, from like people in the veterinary field is that if you are feeding your cat a uh, meat-free diet and you're not doing it correctly the cat will be very very sick before you have any indication that anything's wrong uh, so that people that do that should have their cats tested regularly uh, but it's it, yeah, it is kind of a sticky thing it's like well here's this creature that's personable and likes hanging out with us and we like hanging out with them but how many creatures do we kill to sustain this one i think it comes down to just animals not all animals eating other animals is bad like you don't go out into the woods and start yelling at wolves for eating deer oh absolutely but i guess if you look we're not using free-range mice to feed our cats i guess is what it comes down to we're using the byproducts of the stuff we eat or 
presumably eat. And my cat is snuggling up against Dieter's microphone, trying to subtly tell him to get closer to the mic. Right. It, it's pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've so yeah, that's my cat. He just jumps up on people's laps. I don't know why he's so friendly all of a sudden. Yeah, because I, I live alone, and I always think, think about having a companion animal, uh, which I know Joe likes that term. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that I would have to get a cat because I've been away from home for so long every day. And just the whole issue of what to feed a cat is is largely what's kept me away from it. Yeah, that's the one nice thing about cats is you kind of you can just kind of leave them food and water and let them go for a day or so and they'll be all right. Yeah, and Dogs, I, it's like they're so dependent on you. It's like uh, it's yeah, kind of like having a child. I, well, and I mostly consider myself to be more dog person than cat person. Mm-hmm. But there's times when like I just I can't take dog energy. It's just like <laughs> right. go over to the other side of the room and have your own life for a little bit. Right, <laughs> right. Kind of thing, which cats are very good at doing. So. Yes. Cats are like slow cookers. You can just set them and forget them. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, I'm, I've always been a dog person too, but then I got a greyhound, and greyhounds aren't really dogs. They're kind of like giant cats. Right now, my greyhound is asleep on a couch, and he has been asleep on that couch for good 80 percent of the day and he sleeps at night too so all he does is sleep right and i'm I'm sure former racers aren't like socialized normally either so it may not even just be a breed characteristic so much as his his unfortunate circumstances yeah he's starting to learn how to be a dog but not really he's cute though all right so john anything new with your dogs not really peaches has been cute and Find anything cool on a walk? <laughs> no, nothing too exciting lately. Uh, yeah, our walks have been pretty boring, actually. And there's nobody out, so no one's like, oh, cute dog, or anything like that. So, Oh, actually, I do have a story. So uh, I was walking Peaches, and I saw some EMTs that were on their smoke break, because, <laughs> you know, that's what you should do if you're an EMT. Um, but they were hanging out behind their ambulance and they were, Peaches got really excited. So we went over and we were talking to them and they're like, Oh, that's a beautiful dog. And uh, yeah, they were just like talking about how everything's been kind of crazy lately. And does, yeah. Does Mullet ever feel left out when everybody's complimenting Peaches? <laughs> no, he gets told that, Hey, <laughs> is that dog pregnant? <laughs> so no, P- Mullet actually gets a lot of attention cause I've brought him the free hugs and stuff like that. So he gets a lot of attention too. So he's kind of like a little celebrity with the free hugs thing. But Peaches is on her own little, <laughs> her own world. I'm sure you're hearing all that crazy noise. That was the cat smacking uh, the microphone with her tail, with his tail. Sorry. Oh, maybe like my grandmother. All cats are girls. All dogs are boys. <laughs> That's how that works. Apparently. Is, are your dogs chick magnets? People always say dogs are chick magnets. And I don't if they are, it. I haven't noticed. Me neither. <laughs> My dog, I call him a creepy old man magnet. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but not my target yeah, demographic. Most of the time, they don't even. Nobody talks to me. They talk to the dog, and I'm just kind of there. <laughs> well, that's so. that's a start, though. I guess so. proximity <laughs> is key. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> one of the reasons we asked Dieter to be here today is because. He actually has a really interesting vegan journey story, not like the stereotypical, I was blind and then I saw a story and now I'm vegan and everything's great and I never get sick and blah, 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 blah. Insert social media post here. He actually has one that I think could speak 
more in depth to some of the challenges we as a movement face and as activists face a lot when we have these conversations. So without further ado, I will pass the ball over to Dieter. Okay, uh, so I don't know all my dates real exactly, uh, but I'm on my second time around as a vegan. I was first vegan or vegetarian and then vegan from like the late 80s into the mid 90s fell completely off the wagon for five six seven years then went vegetarian again and then after a good many years vegan again about i think six years ago now seven i'm not sure anymore i'm not one of these people that knows my veganversary uh but yeah i've i've uh i've been full circle twice uh, I've seen statistics online that like 70 to 80% of vegans don't stay vegan for life. Uh, so I kind of use that statistic and my personal story is, is kind of, uh, evidence for vegans to be gentle with former vegans that, you know, not everybody does this for life. Some of us come back after we fall off the wagon and you don't want to be the person that alienates them so much that they're they're hardened against the idea of ever coming back to veganism. Now, why did you originally go vegan? Um, this is probably another unique aspect. Uh, my atheism led me to veganism, which is odd. Like most people would say, like even most atheists that are vegan would say, what well, was my humanism, probably. Uh, but I'm going strictly with the atheism on this one. Uh, I was hanging out with some friends. And I didn't even hear most of the argument, but two of them were arguing about medical testing and vivisection. Uh, I think of monkeys specifically. And I just heard, overheard the one friend say to the other, well, that doesn't matter because they don't have souls. And I thought, well, I don't think anything has a soul. So how is that sort of thing justified? And uh, this was it uh, way back in the 80s in York. We had a under 21 club called big city. And that's where this happened. And, uh, I went with, a after big city shut down that night, I went to Baltimore with a girl to another all ages club that was open like all night and had, I think like a McDonald's or Hardy's breakfast biscuit with some sort of bacon or something. But I thought about that all night and had that biscuit on the way home in the morning or whatever. And that was the last meat I ate for seven or so years, uh, just just thinking about, well, if we don't have souls, what makes them food or objects and us people? Totally not related to veganism, but is it under 21 club only under 21-year-olds allowed? Uh, no, because I didn't drink. Uh, I went there as a 21-year-old a few times, but it was mostly kids. Like, you know, at that, that age, the difference between being 21 and 15 or 16 is like decades now. So, like, it wasn't a whole lot of fun hanging out with kids necessarily back then. I thought it'd be, like, on their 21st birthday, they have a very melancholy birthday party as they say goodbye to their friend right, yeah. who was never allowed back. <laughs> you sail off into the sunset. <laughs> so then I suppose the next question is, why did you stop being vegan the first time? Um, it was a, There wasn't one specific reason. Uh, one of the reasons is because in the early 90s, it was hard as shit. Uh, but I know people like Grace from ARI who's been vegan since then. Uh, but I lived in Stortstown in Southern York County. Uh, there was Morningstar stuff at the grocery store, and that was about it. And once I went vegan, there wasn't even that. Uh, so I would drive to Avatar's Golden Nectar, which was like a new agey kind of 
health food store in New Cumberland. I'd go there like once every two weeks or so just to get stuff I couldn't get at the grocery store. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a combination of different factors, but it was it was hard. I didn't have a support group. I knew, I think I knew one or two vegetarians at the time, but I never met another vegan the first time I was vegan. Uh, I had had a bad breakup and lost my job roughly within the same couple of months in the year that I fell off the wagon. And I think I was just kind of angry and frustrated and depressed. And so it was a whole combination of things. It was just like, I'm just going to do this easy now, hmm. I think was kind of what happened to me. Because I never really like got past uh, the ethical objections. I just was at a place where I think I just didn't care for a little bit. So it sounds like you'd be, you're a big fan of things like the Impossible Whopper and the mainstreaming of vegan food. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think anything. Like uh, that's uh, aside from being mean to ex-vegans, another thing that really irritates me about the movement is these hardcore activist people that kind of poo-poo people having get-togethers at restaurants or potlucks or whatever, and they're like, "Food is, you know, food isn't activism." And food is absolutely activism when seventy to eighty percent of us aren't going to keep doing it. Anything you can do to comfort another vegan, make it easier for people to go or stay vegan, uh, a support network, any of that kind of stuff is absolutely activism in my book. Uh, anything that makes it easier to go or stay vegan matters a whole lot. I agree. So then I guess the next logical question is why did you go vegan again? Um, I think after a couple of years about not having to care about my, my, the ethical implications of my diet, uh, like I said, I never really addressed that. I just kind of didn't let myself care for a little bit. So it crept back in and I stopped eating meat. And after a few years, uh, I got to a point where I was so close to being vegan again that I thought, well, I, you know, I might as well just go vegan again because I was never a big uh, dairy consumer. So it was like, and I don't, didn't really like keep eggs at home. So it was just like, you know, I'm almost there. I should just do it again. And then, like after a year or two, I think uh, I think through John being friends with my brother, I found uh, like Anna's Facebook group and all the meetups, and it's like, oh, there's like a community now, and I don't have to be vegan alone. So that definitely uh, a big factor too. The nice. Facebook group he's referring to is the South Central PA. I don't know how to say this word. It's the, I think she says vegans. It's the way it's vegans, but instead of an A, there's an asterisk. Right, because it's inclusive of vegetarians. And like in olden days computers, we used asterisks as a wild card to represent any number of characters. Because it's like it's weird that there's like highly tech savvy kids these days that look at that asterisk and they're like, What what's that there for? It's like, well, back in the in the old days, we had this wild card thing. I don't know if it's like this on Google, but on JSTOR, if you search for things, if you put an asterisk at the end of the word, it includes all versions of that word. So if you look up cat with an asterisk, it could be cats, cat, catted, catting. Catastrophe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Cataclysm. <laughs> so what has your interactions been with, when you were an ex-vegan, what were your interactions like with other vegans, if you saw any? Because it sounds like that was kind uh, of an issue. Yeah, I, I didn't know any. Hmm. Didn't meet them. They weren't around. Well, I guess that's part of the reason why you, that is part of the reason why you were an ex-vegan, because there weren't any around to yell at you to stay vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've got a 
contrarian streak a mile wide in me. And if somebody had yelled at me to stay vegan, uh, it probably wouldn't have helped much. It would probably would have been detrimental, which is another reason I'm always like, don't shit on ex-vegans because you're going to push them away. We want them back. Right. And browbeating them makes you feel good and it lets you vent your anger and your frustration, but it's contrary to what your actual goal is. And I think as activists, we need to think about not like I need to speak my truth or I need to be righteous and indignant about things. We have to be strategic and think about what behavior is best going to get the result I want and focus on that. I think a lot of activism is based around making ourselves feel good um, when sometimes it's not as productive as we could be. I completely agree with that last statement. A lot of times people do like do the Facebook post or go to the event or something like that just to make themselves feel better about it. But, and they think about how that actually contributes to the movement. Eh, Maybe the net positive isn't quite in your favor, but I love the idea of being sympathetic to ex-vegans because I know you've all gotten the question I get from, I used to get from my grandma all the time. Are you going to be vegan forever? <laughs> and my answer to that is I left my crystal ball at home. So I can't tell you that right now. But because I don't know, maybe tomorrow I'll go to the doctor and it'll say, Joe, if you don't eat this steak, you will drop dead. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm sure people share many blog posts with me, but that's just an example. Oh, I, no, there's, there's absolutely doctors out there that will tell you that because most doctors don't know anything about nutrition. So if they have a patient with any kind of issue that looks like it's based around nutrition, they'll say, oh, well, you should just go back to eating meat. And it's like, well, no, you as a doctor, you're, you should either research the actual science of that nutrition or you should refer your patient to a dietitian to find a, a solution that fits with their ethical choices that meets their dietary needs. But just most doctors just take the easy way and like, oh, we should just go back to eating meat. And I think people who don't know what you just said and all the reasons behind doctors just take what their doctor says is gospel. Yeah. He said to the atheist. And we'll <laughs> listen to it and not critically think or analyze or do their own research or consulting with other professionals. And then just say, all right, I guess I got to eat meat again. Because honestly, it's not easy being vegan even now sometimes. So if you kind of have it out almost, maybe that'd be kind of nice Take to say, well, I have to eat meat now. So there, doctor said so. I'm off the hook. Yeah, because I, th- I think every vegan has met somebody who says, oh, that's so hard. I had a friend that was vegan, and they got really sick, and their doctor told them they had to switch back. And I always say, well, I'm sorry your friend didn't know how to feed yourself themselves, but there's no human dietary need that can't be met on a vegan diet. You know, they just had a bad doctor. John, you've been vegan for a really <laughs> long time. What has been the secret to your success? I just... I guess just willpower. I don't know. It's uh, it's coming up on 14 years now, which is crazy because it just feels like it was yesterday to me, really. I mean, I don't know. It just, uh, there's, it's so easy to do now. And I also call myself a pastatarian because I eat a lot of pasta. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's so much easier. Yeah, than it was. I, and there's so much you can do with that, too. So and people like, know what it means. Right. Like in the early 90s, if I went into a restaurant and asked my server, well, what do you have that's vegan? They would have said, what the hell is vegan? <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's becoming a household and, name. And now at least they say, oh, we've got a salad and some french fries. <laughs> right, right, right. But there's but, so many places that have options now, too. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like you said, it, it's it's becoming a household yeah. name. And it's, it's yeah. when I'm, I'm seeing commercials for vegan stuff now. It's like, wow. When I like, ate, when I went to eat out back in the day and I didn't want 
French fries. It was Taco Bell because they were pioneers in right. switching refried beans into everything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ironically, Haas's mm. Steakhouse because they had such a good salad bar back nice. back then. But yeah, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it It feels good seeing all these things coming out now because, I mean... Yeah, even five years ago, there wasn't stuff like there is now. But there was even less when I first went vegan. I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? This is going to be really hard because I loved mac and cheese. I was addicted to cheese. Like, it was bad. Like, I remember when I was, like, vegetarian, my friend and I, we used to go to Giant. And we would get a big block of blue cheese and sit in the parking lot of Giant and eat this block of blue cheese by itself, like nothing on it, just eating it. It was so gross, but we loved it because it was blue cheese and it was delicious. And I think that might be part of the the root of the problem of people that went vegetarian and got really sick Mm -hmm. is because a lot of people try to just get all their protein from dairy or all their perceived need for protein just by loading up on dairy and that shit will make you feel miserable. Right, right. Yeah. And I, every time I did it, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I feel like crap. Like, (laughs) but as soon as I went vegan, I was like, oh my God, like I feel great. Like it was just almost like immediately within like days, I was like, I could tell the difference. And then like, I started losing weight and stuff and I'm like, wow, like I should have done this a long time ago. And then I just, yeah. Health wise, I think dairy's way uh, more noticeable, at least to the, the person eating the diet. I don't know the science i haven't looked at statistics but i think just like perception wise cutting out dairy makes people feel way better than oh yeah cutting out meat does just drag you down feels like well I, and you know i'm lactose intolerant so i was just constantly like getting sick after eating ice cream and stuff like that and it was like why am i doing this to myself stop it stop being an idiot <laughs> so that was pretty much my reason and I, I just haven't had a reason to look back and do that but i you know i get it that some people fall off the wagon and everything so but it's getting easier for people not to do that anymore. So, yay. Yeah, and I think, you know, people people figured out that they didn't need to eat animals once. Uh, you know, it's going to be easier for them to figure it out a second time. We're silently laughing over here because my dog is rolling back and forth on the couch, blowing his legs in the air. It's pretty funny to see. And then he'll just flop down and stay still, and then he'll start again. He, he's going to fall off the couch. It's happened. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, and John's also the pioneer of another vegan Facebook group, Fat... Fat-ass vegans are awesome. And speaking of pasta, I joined it recently. Like, every other post is just a pasta stir-fry. <laughs> so here's pasta with some vegan crap in it. It's, I posted some rice noodles to that last night. So mm, like I also posted... Is that, is that technically pasta? Rice noodles. I, I would think <laughs> so. <laughs> That's a good question. Yep, there he goes. He yep, my dog just <laughs> fell off the couch. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Fat Ass Vegans are awesome is a food porn page on Facebook. People post up, people post up uh, lots of pictures of food and recipes and stuff like that. It's pretty fun. I keep trying to make something worth posting up there, but I keep failing <laughs> miserably. Uh, next time I make a grilled peanut butter and banana sandwich, I'll put it up there. Ooh. So any other advice, dear, you give to ex-vegans or people thinking about going vegan that have been ex-vegan? Uh, it's easier than it's ever been. So like if difficulty was, it was one of the factors that pushed you away, come on back because you can go to Hardee's or Burger King or mod pizza or any number of like super easy convenience food places and they all have vegan options now. 
And if you need help, we can help you with our website. We actually have a restaurant list, and we have all kinds of uh, helpful hints on how to go vegan. Yeah, so and we have the South Central PA Vegans Group uh, to give you an kind of instant social support network and all kinds of stuff. It's yeah, it's super easy now. And same with Fat Ass Vegans. You can also join that group. There's thousands of people in there, and it's worldwide. And... Um, People are pretty supportive on there. So, yeah, join in. And our website is animaladvocatesscpa.com. Animaladvocatesscpa.com has everything they're just talking about and more if you want to check it out. And speaking of animal advocates, as I said at the beginning of the show, we're part of that organization. And this is the part where I normally like to give an update on the upcoming events. But... I didn't want to mention this. Right now, the coronavirus is a thing, so no one knows anything about anything in the future. So I really can't, in good conscience, give you an update on upcoming events because no one knows anything. Yeah. If if it happens, I guess Go Green in the City is our first tabling event. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say but it's that's probably not probably Yeah, that's like uh, Earth Day, third weekend in April, so that's probably not going to happen. But we'll have a bunch of cool virtual stuff probably coming up, like this podcast. Yes, and I will be... Actually, I'm going to go shoot Philbert and Friends in a little bit, so... You probably shouldn't shoot them. No, I probably shouldn't, be pretty but bad. shooting is bad. Don't do that. But uh, I'll be filming a new episode uh, shortly after this, and uh, yeah, there'll be lots of content, so keep, okay. keep posted. And since everyone is stuck at home, we have plenty of um, opportunities to film more podcast episodes, so if you want to be a part of it, Contact our Facebook page or email BeKindPodcast at gmail.com and we'll get you on the show. We don't even have to leave your house. We can call you in. It's great. Technology. Woohoo. So thanks again for listening, everybody. And stay tuned for another episode coming up soon.